Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Everyday Podcast where we talk about resettlement, mindset and motivation. Today I've got another inspiring person on with me, much like uh, Gary from last week. This individual has taken, um, or it seems like he's taken his resettlement by the scruff of the neck and just getting stuff done. I've been really impressed with this individual. I've met him once briefly, heard him talk about his journey so far. So um, yeah, other than me waffling on on LinkedIn, I want to bring some actual value or let others bring actual value to help you in your resettlement. So today I have Matthew Pascoe on the podcast. Matthew is a versatile and positive individual dedicated to quality and adaptive management, centered on the need of the team and project. Results-driven, proven over multiple roles, including UK-based operations and overseas deployments in highly pressured environments, a mature and confident communicator, professionally presented, presented and reliable, focused with a willingness to learn, demonstrated through a 22-year career in the British Army. Good morning, Matthew. How are you? Good morning, Jack. Uh, yeah, I'm all good. Um, hope you're well. Yeah, brilliant. Most importantly, friends, family, everyone okay at the moment? I would say I, from phone calls or FaceTime, um, I, I check in on a regular basis. But I, I'd say the, the hardest thing for me at the moment is I've got a boy who's eight. Uh, and I didn't, basically through, just before lockdown got in post, I hadn't been home for about four weeks because I was studying. And then that got locked in. And then... I haven't seen him for about three months, so that's probably the hard bit for me. But technology-wise, you know, with FaceTime and everything else, it's, it works quite well, but just not that interaction that I'd like. Yeah, I can so, imagine. Luckily, I don't have to yeah, deal with any of that just yet. Um, just so I gave a, a brief introduction, which, as I tell most people, I just um, ripped off LinkedIn. So do you want to tell us a bit about yourself? Where are you at the moment? You know, who is Matthew Pascoe? So, yeah, um, I mean, you said there 22 years in the military. Um, in resettlement-wise, I'm sort of, I think I posted yesterday, actually, it's 88 days until my, my last day in uniform. Um, and there's a great offer at the moment, if, if it's not right, with the military saying you, you can sign back on. That's not really my first course of action. I've sort of gone beyond that point now where I think I'm ready to leave. I think it's the right decision. Um, and I think there's a, there's a world out there that needs to be explored, you know, and, and just get out. Uh, and there's a lot of people say, just get amongst it uh, and try your hands. You know, you might not get what you want first off, but hopefully in time, I'll, I'll land on my feet where I want to be. But where I am at the moment is I've really enjoyed my career wholeheartedly. I've done some really great stuff. But I've just hit a point now where I think I need the next chapter in my life. Cool. So for those who don't have the context of the army, a bit like I'm, I'm getting better, I'm learning, but what, what do you, yeah, what do you do is, a, is the what simplest do do? question. Oh, right. The day to day. So, yeah. so um, I'm at a regiment uh, called the Rifles. I'm currently posted with four rifles within the um, Oldershot garrison. Um, they're specialised infantry. Uh, and for you that do or don't know, that is a slightly different makeup to a a normal uh, infantry regiment, so we work in slightly smaller teams and we do slightly different deployments 
um, from other units. Um, essentially, we do a lot of training roles, uh, and my involvement within that is I'm the 2IC for a team of 12. Uh, my boss is a captain, and then I have a sergeant also, and then a mix of corporals, lance corporals, uh, and riflemen, but uh, otherwise known as privates, probably in the wider army. Um, and then we can deploy anywhere around the globe where there is a need for us to either train or just be deployed for whatever that task it is. So it's quite an interesting role um, and worthwhile if anybody across the military is thinking about doing something different. Before they leave, I would always say, look at something else within the military before you leave because you might just not like the role that you're in. There's probably a better fit for you somewhere else in that military. Yeah, do you know what? No one's ever... No one's ever actually said that on air before, which is interesting. I think that's a really good, that's a really yeah. valid point. Like I, I know from experience, and it, again, it's probably different in the army. And things have probably changed now, but to to, to branch transfer in the navy, oh god, it's a right ball ache, and it's really difficult because of you know man manpower or woman power, individual power, whatever you want to call it. Is it is it easy to do that in the army to bounce from one thing to the next? I think it's like most things. Um, if there's someone there to take your job, if um, what the strength is within your unit, whether they're they're willing to release you to do other roles within either the army, or if you want to branch out across tri service and do a complete service change. So, say for instance, join the RAF or Navy for me, mm. then you can't really be stopped doing that. It's whether there's a position for you to go into, whether you've got the qualifications and the fit for that. I mean, I, I wanted to leave years ago when I was probably about six years in. I was a bit, had a bit of a wobble, didn't really know what life was doing. Um, and I got sent off and I worked at a parachuting centre for about 18 months. Um, and I really enjoyed it because it was not military. It was something I'd never done before. The working environment was very much enjoyable. The team there, you know, were all like-minded individuals. And it probably reinvigorated me to actually stay in because I thought there's no other job where I can jump out of a plane or, or actually yeah. do something like this day in, day out. And actually I got a call to then go back to my unit early to do a job that I actually really wanted to do. Basically my unit was deploying uh, overseas to Iraq and I ended up going and doing uh, brigade uh, surveillance company in Iraq, which looking back at it now, it's one of the best things that I've done career-wise, operationally-wise, it's one of the best things I've done. So actually, either moving somewhere else within the military to do a different role or branching out across to another service yeah. or just maybe taking that posting that isn't such high profile might have a slight impact on your career, but you get better quality of life, I would 100% recommend it. Fair enough then. Okay, that's interesting. So rewinding back a bit, um, why the army in the first place? Well, yeah, <laughs> good question. Well, my mother wanted me to join the Navy because right. um, apparently you look better in the ceremonial uniform. Oh, I'm not sure Navy. about that. I'm not sure about um, that. And my stepfather, he was actually in the Navy. So it probably would have been, you know, a natural mm. move to do that. Um However, strangely enough, I went to go and join the RAF. So I was at college, so I left school, went to college, and I was doing art and design. 
and I got a bit bored of drawing bowls of fruit, trainers, um, repetition at that time. I was thinking, well, I've already done this. Why am I doing it again? And I didn't get at that point that you had to do so much foundation to actually build on that to become any good. Yeah. So off I went to the careers office um, to join the RAF as a photographer. I thought, oh, I could get paid. However, when I sat there on the uh, sort of entry test, the bar test, I think it's the, whatever they called it, uh, and actually piled in. So kind of went back home, had a little think, and thought, well, I could join the army. I had a few mates that had left school straight into either the Marines, because um, I'm from the southwest, um, went straight for that, or joined the army, because I had a few mates in there. So I went to the careers office, um, and I'd watched a lot of uh, Soldier Soldier growing up, so right. it's a 19, 1990s sort of hit TV show about squaddies and that, um, and the career advisor then was like, it's a great place to be, you can do this, and it all... It almost sounded like he was talking through the series that I'd watched on TV as a, as a kid. Pretending he was uh, Robson Green. Yeah, and, and to be fair, the, the feedback that I had from my mates, you know, I, at the time, the unit that I actually joined were in Germany. And he, he would come back just for a weekend. I'd be out on a Saturday night in my local town. And I'd be like, I thought you were in the army in Germany. He went, oh, yeah, I come back last night. I said, oh, you off for a week? And he'd go, no, I'll go back tomorrow night. So there's guys coming back from Germany to go out in the UK for weekends, which I found mad when I look at the logistic yeah. of it now. Um, but yeah, sold it to me. So I could have joined the LI um, or the D&Ds, as in county regiment-wise. Because um, I'm Cornish, I should have joined the LI. However, I joined the D&Ds because I knew about five or six people from school in there at that time. So that's why I went for that choice. And do you have a choice, dear? Like, I didn't know that. Like, I thought you just got... I didn't know you could be, like... Yeah, by, I didn't know you could do it by county and stuff like that. Well, it used to be very... So the, the infantry was very much um, county-orientated. So, mm. so when I joined, I joined the Devonshire and Dorset Regiment, and then in 2007, that then amalgamated to the rifles. So when you're in, uh, like, phase one training, yeah. is that already sort of a choice that's been made for you? Or, like, you can... Like, you know you're going to that regiment in... Yeah, that is, yeah that is it. Um, so when I joined, there was a, a scheme. It was like the Army Foundation scheme. And what you would do for the first three weeks, you would do runs, polishing, ironing kit, all those basics. And then after the third week, training then actually started kicking in. So actually, those three weeks was like a trial period where you could go yeah, I love it, I'm staying, or no, I I don't like it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave. But no, nothing else further was sort of said. So yeah. it, it was it was a nice intro, but I sort of had my heart set on it at that point and actually did all right from being away from home. Some people didn't like being away from home, but yeah. I quite enjoyed sort of the, the lifestyle of working with people that I'd never met before and just getting on with stuff, really. Cool. So it sounds like you've had quite a varied career, which is which is awesome, and we could talk about all day. But for for, for those who are you know talking about resettlement and all that, yeah. was there um again? I always have to apologise for some of my naivety with this, but the point of these conversations is for you to to share your story. So, was there a moment in time where you knew it was time to leave, or was it 
Um, so there's three options really. Was there a moment in time where you knew it was time to leave? Was it time done or is it time done? Or is it a mixture of the, the two? So I would say if you take me back four years, um, I've always thought about the next step or within work or out work, you know, what, what would I do when I leave? And, and some people have that answer and it comes straight away to them. You know, it's a natural thing, which is great. But for me, I've always struggled with what is it that would make me happy in a job? You know, what do I need from the job to make me happy? Um, about four years ago, I went through it, didn't really come up with anything. Um, and then over the four years, I've probably revisited that over time. I would say I'm still drawing blanks, but I kind of get a better idea of what I want from a job, I can tell you exact role that I want to go into. Mm. I've just done Prince 2, for example. I, you know, I quite enjoyed it, but I don't know if that's me now I want to be a project manager, Yeah. even yeah. though I've done that course. Does that make sense? Um, so if I go back four years ago, basically, I was doing a lot of running, long-distance running, uh, and I got injured, basically. And I was like, where do I go now? Because I can't do what I want to do with my team. I can't do all the activities I want to do at work. Uh, and as you might be aware, there's slight stig stigmas. Sorry, that's my dog. It's all right. Don't worry. There's slight uh, stigmas with people that are on the sick. doesn't matter what your, your output performance yeah. is prior to that. Funny enough, as soon as you come out of the medical centre with a little slip, you get called every name under the sun and you probably get cast into a little corner. Yeah, right. it's called, um, it's called a... Um salt water activated bad back in the navy <laughs> yeah so you know that started kicking in and to be fair it took about two years to get fully re-upped um so i wasn't doing things that i enjoyed as in fitness i wasn't doing all the things that i wanted to do at work um and luckily for me then i got sort of rehabbed um and then i got another job posting and unfortunately again then I got injured. And this was about a year ago now. And that, I was like, about it. Because I can't do what I want in the job that I'm in, I'm going to leave it. Before I get bitter and twisted because, you know, I'm old and over the hill and totally broken, basically, physically, my body just went, no. So then, then kicked in the, I need to leave the military because I'm not enjoying it. I'm not doing what I used to be able to do. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, I'm still active now, but I would not go and thrash myself on a run because I know I'd probably pull something or hurt myself. I can hear the violins around the country playing as it stands. Um, well, it's, so yeah, it's fair, fair, fair play to have been so. Yeah, you've so got, you've got, you, it in. yeah, you've got yeah, another, thir you've got another thirty years, forty years of life. Like you don't want to be walking around with a too much of a broken body. Like I don't, I don't see anything wrong with that. And this is the thing, I think all the jobs that I've looked at to stay in the military, so to commission, so if you're not direct entry, you then become a, a late entry officer, so yeah, you yeah. do a career up to a point, and then you can do a, basically uh, a course, you know, or you get go through a selection process, and then you become an officer, essentially. And I looked at those jobs, and people have said, oh, you might be good at, I'm not going to sit here and say, yeah, I'll be the best candidate for an LE. Mm -hmm. And I thought, everyone I speak to are on the pension train. You know, they're there. They, 
they're doing a job where they're tied to a desk, and I'm not saying it, me leaving the military, I'm not going to work at a desk. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I just think, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be working till 8 o'clock at night just for a pension. I'm pensioned already, luckily, for when I leave. However, I don't want to just push it out. I don't want to be a granddad in uniform is probably yeah. so, what I'm trying to say. So this thought process started four years ago, but I'm assuming it's only in the past yeah. year you've actually... Well, yeah. So it really manifested itself last year and that's basically when I when I pushed the button to sign off. Um, and this was before COVID. Uh, and to be honest with you, I think looking back now, if COVID had really kicked in prior to Christmas, they, in the two, three months that I had actually signed off, mm. I probably would have signed back on because but I'm, yeah. I'm too far gone, I think, now. That's I'm too fine. much invested in, in leaving. So how have you, um, yeah, how, how have you approached your resettlement so far? Um, like all good things, I, I did, I wrote down a plan and I thought it was really well structured. Um, but like any plan, it doesn't mean just because it's written down, it has to stay like that. I think whoever, whoever is going through resettlement, especially for myself, my plan's very much been fluid. Yeah. So I started off with one idea and then maybe some things didn't fall in line. So then I, I evolved that. So I started off with, oh, I don't need to do, I don't want to do loads of courses because actually networking will get me a job. Mm. Um, and networking actually was going pretty well. But then I thought, well, actually, faster management qualifications, I need some sort of trade skills. So if I'm going to do project management, I'm going to need to do a project management course. Yeah. So then I actually went over the top. I booked about five resettlement courses, thinking, oh, they're only five days long, easy jogging. Well, actually, the course is only five days long, but actually the pre-reading for the courses was quite intensive. Yeah. So then I flipped it on its head then, and I did a 50-50. So I invested 50% of my time getting qualified in something, and then 50% of my time within networking. Um, and talking about the networking piece is is absolutely vital, key. Meeting people like you, John Stevenson, other people that are in um, resettlement. So Gary, who you had on last week, yeah. I've spoken a lot to him. Lewis, that I met at the, uh, the Forces Transition Group day. Lewis Matthews, at. yeah. So it's good to fit, see what other people are doing. You're not following what they're doing as in, you're going to follow their resettlement path. No. But they might have good hints and tips because you, you might have missed something. So I would definitely say network with people that are going through that process. But also try and find yourself someone. Uh, and luckily for me, I found loads of people just by accident and just by networking. So comment on people's posts, connect with Connecting with people. So, so sorry, it's, just to, just to backtrack. So, by networking, you're specifically talking about LinkedIn. Is that, that can I assume right there? Yeah. So, what I would say, the initial thing that I did, and I didn't know a lot about LinkedIn, and this is last year. So, I'd signed off. I had a LinkedIn account, but it had some real basic info on there. Um, had a headshot of me in Cameroon because I thought that was cool. Nice. Um, you know. All that good stuff, which is fine if you're still serving in the military because that's what you do. Um, and then I went to a LinkedIn day 
Um, and I then started enhancing, changing my profile, if I'm honest with you. Um, and I started, excuse the terminology, but tapping up um, sort of ex uh, two commanders, officers that I work with, senior NCOs, basically. So I, I ended up having a current military network and an ex-military network yes. on my LinkedIn, which is great because obviously all those people that are left have gone into all different sectors. So that obviously made my network wide just because they're all in different sectors. However, yeah. I didn't feel I had enough connections outside of the military. And that that's when this journey of connecting with people that I didn't even know sort of became real. And within a four to six week period, it really grew. My network's not massive and it's something that I really need to work on because um, I've been quite quiet on LinkedIn. And that, that's what, what I would say, going back to what Gary said last week, is that if you're not active on LinkedIn, you're not being seen on LinkedIn. And it's not a case of just constantly putting stuff out there just for the sake of it i mean if you've got nothing to say then by all means don't push anything out but mm. if you want information if you've got something to say if you've done an, an achievement if you want to work into a certain area let people know because actually by sending out a post that can hit i don't know 15 20 000 views yeah i don't know 20 000 people do you but I, you know so that's that's how powerful that tool is and that, I would say it's my number one go-to if I have a, a problem or issue. So what do you think? So I, I agree, and I agree with Gary as well, and I've been saying it for, well, not just me, but for, for a while. Like You have to show people what's on the menu, blah, blah, blah. What do you think stops people from doing that? Is it like a, you know, a shy thing of being in the forces and not wanting to show up? Yeah, I'll stop putting thoughts in your head. Yeah, why did Bob? No, no, it's funny because I'm I'm smiling as you're saying it because I'll nail it in a one up. So, like I said, I've got people who are ex military network, and I've got people currently on my LinkedIn that will comment and that I, funny enough, see every day at work. Um, luckily, I'm an adult and I don't be, you know, I'm not too easily offended by what people say, mm -hmm. and I get it's banter. You need a bit of that in the military and I think personally people are slightly shy about putting posts out comments out because they'll get judged for what they'll put out and I think as long as you're not being rude offensive or negative no one needs it you know be negative on your own or go and speak to your your closest friend offline if you've got something negative to say about it because if you look at LinkedIn, it's all about helping people. It's all yeah. about promoting yourself and showing the best side of you. And if you're going on there to be negative, you don't need it. And I think a lot of people feel that they might go on there and get shot down. And I think the only reason you would get shot down is by someone that clearly doesn't kind of understand those loose rules of LinkedIn yeah. or if you're being offensive to a group or an organisation. Yeah, and if you're in that second group it's never going to look good on you is it because if you're if you put a post out matthew pasco puts a post out and it's it's done quite well it's you know it's having a good day and it hits what 15 20 000 views then i post something negative on it like that's never that the only person that looks that is looking bad on is me <laughs> like yeah. it doesn't like it's not going to look bad on you because you've just tried to put something positive out there and all of those eyes that are seeing your stuff 
are then going to see my little shitty comment as well. And then people are just going to form their own opinion of me or the person being negative. So just don't be a dick about it. Like, just if it respectful debate, yeah, totally get that. But there's no need to, yeah. I've seen it on, I've seen it on, not all of my posts, but I, a couple of posts. Uh, I put one out last week as well, having degree education. Oh, I, I, I nearly got roped into that, but I didn't want to overtake your thread. Did you, but did you see the feed at the end? People, uh, and there was a comment on there about a degree search shows this, that, and the other. And I was thinking, well, I think me having a career for 20 odd years is enough to say that I can do stuff, you know, or, or I'm trustworthy or I'm diligent or, you know, yeah. having a degree in any discipline for a job, I just found a bit crazy, but I get it. It's, it's a company policy. So, you know, that is their starting blocks for that job. And you can't knock that because you have it in the military. If you're not fit enough or to pass this, then you can't get in. If you have sort of previous medical conditions that stops you from joining the military then you're not going to get in so i get there's a start standard for it i was just a bit shocked that it was a managerial job and i have managerial experience yeah. but i can apply for it yeah so. there was a few threads that i looked at and i thought people are going to go and i include myself in this because there's, there's one individual yeah and um but <laughs> I, yeah i'm not gonna go down that road but yeah you, you could get roped into debating stuff but you have to respect it's it's other people's thread as well and anyway yeah so have you made any um if you were talking to someone in resettlement now or was in a similar position or thinking about it what mistakes have you made that you would advise them to avoid or try to avoid anyway i've probably made quite a few but i i quite enjoy the fact that i have because it's a it's a learning experience for me yeah i don't think you should be hard on yourself if you're going for something and maybe it doesn't work out on the first try. I don't think, you know, especially if you've done a career as long as I have, I mean, coming out uh, and understanding terminology, what actually roles entail, this, that, and the other, you're not going to do it first time. Um, what I would say, strong, strong things in your arsenal is to get a mentor. Someone who's maybe at different stages, maybe someone who's a, I don't know, three months or six months in front of you in resettlement. Someone else who's at the same point, so you can bounce off each other. So you, you go, oh, how are you finding it? Because you've both been in new water, so to speak. Mm. And then someone who's been out a while. I've got um, a mate who's been out, I think, six years now. And he's done really well. He, he had a lucky break initially, but he's gone on to do some really fantastic jobs. But... He's very insightful, and whenever I go to him, I analyse what I'm giving him because he's made that out of me. Yeah. When I initially I was I was approaching people, uh, is it right to have a coffee? Coffee's not a coffee, and all, all that good stuff. Um, just going for a chat because I like to chat anyway. Going along, and going. Oh, I'm interested in, you know, getting into financial services. And they're like, oh, so what do you know about? And I didn't have a clue. Yeah, yeah. And talk talk about feeling stupid, but also talk about feeling bad that you've literally just wasted someone's time. Someone that I respected, or you've respected across the board, and they probably respected you, and then you've just turned up 
and they're helping you out and you just bowl up thinking, yeah, I, I'd really like a job, but you don't act, you've not looked in, you've not researched anything. I think that if you're gonna if you're gonna go and speak to people that have a good set of questions uh, and be prepped and do that for them because they're actually taking time out of their day to come and speak to you. As much as they might be a friend, yeah. their work schedule might be mega busy. And I think that if you just turn up hoping them to give you all the answers and you've got no questions in the first place, I think you know you could do yourself a favour there and just give, give yourself a little bit of prep. So I think that is one thing. So get a mentor, um, prep whenever you're going to go to... Uh, meet individuals that you're interested in what they do for a job or you're looking at working in the same sector or similar role today I think do that preparation I think if you do your plan but like I said keep it fluid and just just try and live your resettlement and not someone else's when I initially left I was very much I'm doing financial services because a lot of my network were in financial services and it sounded great and then it took one individual to tell me who had done that at a very high level yeah what stress that could induce um I'm not I'm not you know I'm not afraid of stress but why leave the military you know just get into something that you're not striking a good work-life balance because I think people leave yeah. to try and gain that. And I think if you're, say, commuting to London where the wages are good, but you're pulling, you know, 14-plus-hour days or whatever every day with an hour commute either way, that's not living. So just just do your plan. Look at what's in your area. Be realistic about what you're going to um, expected earnings might be and what qualifications you need to get there. And looking back at it now, I, I said to you sort of midway through that I, four years ago, if you don't get the answers, maybe start talking to people outside. Mm. Maybe on your leave, sacrifice a week of that to go and do work experience at a company that you think you might be interested in. Because it actually, it, it might open it up and it might be the best thing that you've ever decided to do and then you can go and do all the qualifications. Then on leave, you can then revisit that same company, get a good rapport with, with the people that work there, the, you know, the, the management team of that company. So actually, when you come to leave, not only have you got previous experience, corporate or industry experience, you can do the qualifications to get qualified to then walk into a job. 12 months, and I'll be honest with you, 12 months is not long. I said it was when I first pressed the button. But that gets chewed up, and that's either by waiting for courses, waiting for insight days, employment fairs, or actually just job op openings to be available. Yeah. Especially with what's going on at the moment. No, that's so, brilliant. Thank you for that. Um, wrap up shortly, but what's next for you? Like what, especially in these weird times? What? Yeah. What's next? I don't know. It's hard because. I can't turn around and say, right, I'm going to go and work for X because that's not currently on the table. I've got a few things going. So for me, I've just done Prince 2. I've got change management coming up in July, which I'm looking forward to. Uh, and the reason I did that, I had Agile down, but because I've already got one project management course, I wanted to do a course slightly different to, yeah, to yeah. give myself a bit more breadth. Makes sense. Um, and then... 
basically I'm just on the, the job application scene. So identifying jobs in my area, companies, and pushing them out. After this, I've got an employment fair with CTP, which I'll be attending. Um, and actually, I've had a couple of messages on LinkedIn this week saying, oh, can we talk to you about you know, future employment? Which I never thought would happen, but it's been like direct messaging straight to my door without me going out and asking, which is amazing, I think. Cool. That's brilliant, mate. Like, like I said, getting people like you on um, pro- provides that context for, for other people, which brings me to, are you happy for, for people to reach out? Where's the best place to do that? So, yeah, I would, if they're going to get hold of me, I'd go straight through um, onto my LinkedIn and connect. Um, I think my phone number and email is on there, so if you don't want to do it over those means, do it that. Um, I'll add the uh, profile on the notes i was gonna say i mean my my email is my full name basically with yeah. that gmail at, at the end so. i just add your linkedin in case you get some stalkers or anything no it's good i mean i was speaking to someone last night that i never met they they're sitting there prince two practitioner exam today um and i said look i'm not uh you know i'm not the guru or prince two because i've just done it however if you want to talk because you're a bit worried about the exam tomorrow yeah it was a buzz so for about half an hour last night I just said look this is kind of how the exam goes I could give them the questions because they're, they're all different for each test but um, I said this is what I had this is probably what you want to look at in relation to your, your manual so if anybody out there and I mean this um, and I don't think enough people do it if I'm honest with you is if you have a question either about resettlement or you just want to chat about your current military career is it worth signing off you know just chat to people because you know not saying they're gonna tell you what to do but they might open up an avenue that you've not thought about or at least that way you've unloaded what's on your mind uh, and maybe put yourself a little bit more at ease so so get in touch if you want yeah brilliant well matthew really appreciate your time i think people will get a lot of, a lot of value from it you've been brutally honest which is yeah, i wouldn't expect anything less really um but yeah, cheers, mate. I wish you all the best and thank you very much for your time. No, cheers for having me on, Jack. I'll catch you later.